Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. And today my guest is a little bit different. Um, His name is Matt, the affiliate guy. And Matt has a new book out called Turn Your Profits Into Passions. Um, Matt and I actually go back a few years. He and I met at a number of different online conferences, and I've always been very impressed with how Matt just understands marketing. He understands things that help people buy and how to build the demand for a product or a service or a a program. And so what I wanted to bring Matt on today is talk about his new book. Um, He's got a new book out called Turn Your Passions Into Profits. And we are going to talk about that. But first, if you want to grow your influence, have a bigger impact and make more money in the process, our next guest is your go-to guy. Entrepreneurs and companies such as Tony Robbins and Dean Granziosi, Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, Stu McLaren, Adidas, Ryan Levesque, uh, Brian Tracy, Lewis Howes, Michael Hyatt, and Jeff Walker have trusted Matt McWilliams to run their affiliate programs and coach their affiliate teams. Today, he helps online business owners and brands, small and large, to leverage the power of partners to grow their businesses. He teaches you how to make money as an affiliate and how to work better with affiliates. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me, buddy. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this because people, I think, in our audience may not quite understand about affiliate marketing. And I think that's important for them to do that because I think there's so much potential for farmers to be partnering together and to, you know, support the general uh, population with uh, farmers. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a unique audience, uh, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's so cliche to say, but I mean, I know we're we're huge believers in, you know, locally grown stuff as much as possible. You know, I mean, there's certain like I cannot get a locally grown guava, uh, grown <laughs> guava in Fort Wayne, yes. Indiana to to save my life. I, I don't know that they would survive, but you know, there's some things that just cannot be locally grown. But uh, my 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 son said the other day, he's like, I love. He's like, Dad, Dad, I love locally grown meat. Or beef, sorry. He said, I love the locally grown beef. Yeah. Like, me too, son. Me too. <laughs> you know? yes. like, yeah. I get what you're saying, buddy. He's seven. Just roll with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a very interesting, uh, you know, industry to be able to think about affiliate marketing um, and to think about, okay, like what, again, what, 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 are, what are our passions and how do we turn those into profits, you know? And so I think there's a couple of ways that we could approach this. You know, number one, um, there might be things that, you know, other people out there like yourself, Michael, are going, you know what, there's an area of farming that I feel like is lacking. Um, yeah. And I want to teach that. So how mm-hmm. do I build a platform around teaching that? Not to compete with Michael, not to compete <laughs> with Michael at all, just in a different angle, you know, like you're Absolutely. not covering at all, yeah. you know, yeah. you're not coming off. So that's number one, like maybe there's some things that you've learned over the years and you want to share them with others. How do we get the word out? How do we create a platform? How do we stand out in the marketplace? How do we become a leader and, and a, you know, and a champion and build raving fans and actually build a business around that, not just, you know, growing things. Right. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I think the second way is, you know, again, what are some ways that other ways that you can monetize um, maybe through affiliate marketing, for example, but you could monetize the knowledge that you have. I mean, some of the, it it like, it blows me away because 
anytime somebody's in their industry, even me in my world of online marketing, I'm like, I have that imposter syndrome where I'm like, what do I know? Mm. I don't even know that much. I don't know everything. I know yes. 10%. I know my 10% really well. I might even know 5% of my 10% better than anybody on the face of the earth. I probably yeah. do. But that's 5%. That's 95%. I don't know. We can look at it that way and go, I don't know 95% of this stuff. That means I'm not qualified. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Nobody knows the other 95%. We all know our little five and 10% stuff. We are all experts in that little area. And so if we can go, okay, first of all, I can take that five or 10% and I can monetize that. I can turn that into a platform that attracts people. Mm -hmm. That's number one. But the other 90% that I don't know, but my audience wants to know, they're going to come to me as the expert on the 5% and say, hey, Matt, um, you don't know how to set up a membership site. Yeah. But who do you recommend? Or, or even funnier, they think I know. Matt, you have a membership site. You must be an expert on this. How do you do it? And I go, I don't know. Yeah. I follow what Stu McLaren teaches, go learn from him. Oh, Matt, you, uh, you, you run Facebook ads and you make money from Facebook ads. You know, no, I no, no, that's not my thing. You want to yeah. go, you know, talk to so-and-so. Oh, Matt, you, you built a great community. You know, all this stuff. Nope. I don't. That's Shanna. Nope. That's Rachel Miller. Nope. Yeah. That's so-and-so that's Jeff Walker. You know, and I recommend people that people go to that's all affiliate marketing is. It is, it is taking your, you know, your core area of expertise and doubling down on that as being the expert, but then all of the other things your audience wants to know, you recommend other people and other products for those, you know, and make an affiliate commission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think for the farmers, you know, obviously the online aspect of sharing too, but let's say you're a produce farmer, you know, you can hook up with a meat farmer, with a bread farmer, with a dairy exactly. person. Um, and then back to the audiences, as you're growing your farm, you're building an audience and hopefully you're doing it via email, which I try to pound into folks all the time. Um, but you're also building on social and then sharing with that audience, Hey, this new product is in the marketplace. You know, here's how to get it. That sort of thing is also building that, um, affiliate marketing or, or sharing your audience with another, a new person. I love that example because I know for me, um, we very soon after moving into our house, we had some HVAC issues mm. and we found the most amazing HVAC guy. His name's Dave. I still to this day don't even know his last name. Uh, Dave with Int Integrity HVAC. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you his last name. It's kind of sad. I've known yeah. him for 10 years now, but this guy was amazing. He came out and did stuff and he didn't overcharge us, you know, would spend, he'd, be here for three hours and we'd pay like 150 bucks, you know, and the thing, yeah. I mean, he would do everything. And I remember one time, like our, our HVAC unit, um, it, it flooded, we had a flood and it broke. And he was like, listen, I can't fix this fully right now. It's going to take a week to get these parts in and he needs a whole new thing, but I've rigged it so that it'll run for the next few days. It won't run much longer than that, but it'll run for the next few days at like 60%. Mm. And so instead of our house being 88 degrees in the middle of July, it was like 75. And I was like, you are my savior. You know, most people would never do that. He's like, yeah. Yeah, this part's going to break anyway. So I might as well just burn it out. You know, it's gotcha. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so when I needed an electrician, who did I call? He called Dave. I texted Dave and said, who do you yeah. know? When I needed a plumber, I texted Dave and said, who do you know? He became, he's, he doesn't know plumbing. He doesn't even know how to do plumbing. 
He doesn't uh-huh. want to know how to, he doesn't know how to do electric. He knows a little bit about electricity, but he's not the guy you call when the port, when the light up at the front of the driveway stops working, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cause they cut the wire. <laughs> they yeah. that Trench over there. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you call the guy that Dave recommends. Dave has literally recommended our refrigerator repairman, our washing machine repairman, our electrician, our plumber, uh, we, we contacted him for, uh, a, a general contractor. I was like, who, who are some great general contractors? We're doing some remodeling. Mm-hmm. Basically everything that's ever been done to our house is one degree of separation from Dave. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what affiliate marketing is because here's the thing. I know that while he didn't directly get, you know, a commission that I know of, they're going to send him business and so on and so forth. So think like that. I, the, the visual I give is, the, is I call it the affiliate donut. Mm-hmm. So the whole of the donut, Michael, this is your core offers. So this is for a farmer, it might be corn yep, and soybeans. Those are your two things. You grow corn and soybeans. What else do you grow? Nothing. Corn and soybeans. Great. That's your core offer. Maybe you grow seven different varieties of vegetables and grains. That's fine too. Yeah. But your core offer is that. That donut is everything else that your audience, your people, they want to know. These are the sprinkles and the glaze, right? They're not the things that you're going to go into. Mm-hmm. They're not that you're not going to have cows. You're not going to have, you know, cows. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think what chickens you're not going to have. Ch- I was like, I cannot yeah. for some reason name another meat all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, I eat a lot of meat. And for some reason, yeah. I can only think of beef right now. Well, um, yeah, so, you're, yeah, you're going to have all those other things that people are going to come to you and say, who do you recommend for this, this and this? have something ready that either provides a referral system for you or a commission system. Like you go spend a thousand dollars on beef, which that's what we do. We literally just fill up our freezer, you mm-hmm. know, that great. And you're getting a cut, maybe it's 25 bucks to that thousand dollars, but you're getting something from that. Yeah. Well, and, and sometimes, and again, in, in farming, it's, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about farming. And one of the ones is Oh, that, I probably believe all of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, but one of the ones that farmers believe is that I shouldn't make money off other people's product, but what they don't realize is that literally um, you're, you're basically selling that product for that person. So you should get rewarded for that. Um, so like in our store, we obviously make a, a markup. We try to have between a 50, uh, 30 and 50% markup on our the products we sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so the farmers should realize that if they're selling someone else's product, they should make a percentage. And sometimes sure. maybe you're just trying to help somebody else out. Maybe you're the chicken guy at farmer's market um, and you're, the beef guy has extra uh, beef bones and broth he's trying to set, get, a, get rid of. And you basically just do a Facebook post about that. And so maybe you're not making money necessarily per se, but you're earning goodwill with that beef producer who's yeah. now going to share your stuff with his audience. So it's leveraging yep. the power of the different audiences to both grow your brands together. Well, Brendan Burchard calls it the halo effect. And it's mm. the same reason, you know, with, with Dave, you know, yeah. but it's a little bit different in that I knew Dave didn't do electrician stuff. Yeah. He's not licensed to do it and you have to be licensed to do it. So I didn't even think of saying, Hey Dave, can you come fix this wire? I just said, who do you know? Yeah. But Brendan Burchard calls it the halo effect. When we're seen as an expert in one very small area, we can only become an expert in one very small area if we really focus on that. So you are like the go-to for, you know, certain types of produce, right? Like, yeah you know, what, whatever best, it might be. So our so farm is the best salad mix around. Yes, I mean, we have people come exactly from all that. Over. That's what I was thinking yeah. is it's like, you know, you're the one that the local restaurants use when they want the best ingredients. You're not doing necessarily like eggplant and yeah. stuff like that. You're doing salad. 
you know, I don't know if eggplant goes in salad. That actually sounds gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I think, you know, I think no one should eat eggplant, but there's other people out there that disagree with me. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I'm in the no eggplant camp, but whatever. It's a whole different thing. Um, anyway, so like <laughs> they see you as the expert in this thing and you're like an A-level expert in this one tiny corner of the world. The halo effect says that that begin, begins an ever expanding mm-hmm. halo of other things that you are seen as an expert in, even though you're not. Take advantage of that. And I know, I mean, yeah, one of my misconceptions, but it's probably not a misconception, but I could be wrong about the numbers is, you know, the margins on farming are really minuscule, mm-hmm. you know, even like, especially big farms, but certainly mm-hmm. even small farms, the margins are small. So what are some areas where you can have virtually hundred percent margins? Uh-huh. If you look for those, maybe it's, um, you know, you have people who come to you, you might have clients who come to you and they buy most of their stuff from you, but they also have a backyard garden and they grow their herbs. Well, you don't grow herbs, but there's some crossover there. Like, Hey, uh-huh. you're the expert farmer. What kind of, and you're this is going to show how little I know about farming. What kind of equipment do you use? What kind of trowel do you use? And what kind of, mm-hmm. you know, how do you like water a small garden and stuff like that? And they see you as the expert on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You recommend those products. You make money with literally no overhead. You mm-hmm. recommend the trowel and this or that. You have a page that you can even put up on your website. That's like, yeah, go to, you know, my, you know, johnsonsfarm.com forward slash tools. And mm-hmm. it'll tell you everything I recommend. Absolutely. Spend $500 on stuff and you make 50 bucks. That's a 100% profit. You, they spent, you made $50 and it cost you nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can do those, even just do the math on this again, based on what the average farmer makes. And I haven't Googled it, but I'm, you know, I'm assuming it's not like half a million dollars a year that if you have three such transactions, 150 bucks times 12, that's an extra $1,800, almost $2,000 just straight to your bottom mm-hmm. line. Like that's a vacation. That is a week long, you know, decent vacation that you get to take. Yeah. That is just, it is pure profit. So start thinking from a business standpoint, what are those pure profit ways that you can add on a thousand dollars here, $500 here, $2,000 here. At the end of the year, you suddenly have five, 6,000 extra dollars. Yeah. That's a big deal. So that's, that's a great example, Matt. And and back to that herb person who's maybe growing the herbs in their backyard. Typically they need herb plants. And so you can, you have extra herb plants from, because when you, so when you buy in herbs, we typically, we go to a broker and a broker sells us an entire flat. It may have 200, it may have 500 little, little holes, little cells. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we don't need that many. We just pop the rest up and we sell them at a great margin. Um, Going back to that is the, to us, one of the ultimate upsells is a class is it takes an hour of my time. We charge 20 people, $20 uh, each. And now you're instantly at $400 for this one hour of time. Um, But back to the affiliate part is you bring in your local beekeeper, you bring in your local chicken person and they do classes. And for that, you should definitely get some of the revenue because they're probably going to use your farm to do that information. Exactly. Um, But there's so much opportunity, I think. And another one affiliate aspect is you said tools, kitchen tools too. People love to spend money on kitchen tools. And one of the things we make ridiculous amounts of markup on is these little strawberry and tomato cores. They come and I forget, they cost us 59 cents and we charge like $5 for them. And um, again, they, during strawberry season, we can't keep them in stock. So it's this, um, yeah. 
Oh. Really fancy wooden spoons are one of the most irrational purchases. But again, here's what I know about people who go to their local farmer, mm-hmm. people who have an herb garden, they will spend irrational amounts of money on some of what I would personally think is some of the dumbest stuff. But to them, mm-hmm. it, it makes it like, and I think about it and I go, you know what? I use the same three wooden spoons over and over again. Why? Because they're the nicest wooden spoons in our kitchen. The really crappy ones are what I use to scrape stuff off the pans when it sticks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Does it affect the quality of the food? No, I don't think it does, but they're so nice in there. They got the, they're just, they're like artisan. They were probably were like 50 bucks each. They're really Uh cool. So those are the types of things you got to think about because you think about who your audience is in this particular case. And that's just, if all you're doing is dealing with those local customers, when you want to take it to the next level. And I know these are things that, you know, that, that you talk about, but it's like, okay, so you've built a, a local following, you know, you've got a few people and yeah, you're making a few extra thousand bucks a year. Again, how do you take it to that next level? Yeah, and national. Then, and then how do you stand out, you know, in the marketplace? Yeah. And so that's actually, you know, c- kind of ties back into the book. Like when we talk about, you know, in, in the book, actually, step three is all about capturing attention. So I'm assuming that your audience, Michael, is pretty clear on what they're passionate about. They've got that oh, narrowed yeah. down and they're going, okay, I want to do this. I want to start up maybe a platform teaching, you know, this type, this aspect of farming. Uh, second step is all about committing to leading, right? Like seeing yourself as a leader, your audience are experts. They're not going to have any issue with that. So how do we capture attention? And one of the biggest ways that I think, especially with your audience in in today's time is like that style and that personality. All right. Mm. So I think I know, I I know a few farmers, they've all got personality. Mm -hmm. Like they are, some of them are different in a, in a really good way. And here's the thing. When I go to like the farmer's market, we have the local farmer's market. It's about a mile from our house. I uh-huh. freaking love that place because we just get some of the most amazing stuff. And there's this one guy that grows peppers and it's always a, a hodgepodge. Like, you know, sometimes you're going to get this one or this one and uh-huh. there are this or that. And I could spot him at the busiest festival in Fort Wayne you know, 25,000 people, I could pick him out of a crowd because he's so memorable. He's got a certain style to him. And Mm -hmm. so think about that, like have your own style, whether it's, you know, okay, maybe other people in your, you know, that are, you're competing against, so to speak, maybe they don't have tattoos and you do, then -hmm. don't wear long sleeves, you know, show off the tats, right? Yeah. You've got an Epic beard then make sure you're highlighting the epic beard, whatever it is. Like it could be the gray and highlight the gray. It could be that you're from the South. So, you know, like tone up the twang a little bit. Yeah. Uh, One of the things in the book that uh, I share is there's a video that I watched. It's probably about a decade ago with Chris Rock, the comedian. Okay. Chris Rock came off stage and this guy said, Chris, are you like this always? He's like, no. He's like, I'm me, but I'm three times me. In other words, mm-hmm. it's me. None of this is fake. I'm just accentuating the things that make me unique. So we uh-huh. think about it like you go to the, the county fair, right? And they have the little, the portrait drawer, you know, that does the portraits. What does he do? He accentuates that one thing about your physical appearance that stands out. So mm. if you've got ears that are slightly bigger, they're going to be huge. They're going to be Dumbo ears, right? You uh-huh. know, I'm the most average looking plain person on earth. Like I don't have anything. I've got, uh, I've got glasses, right? I'm wearing glasses and I wear glasses most of the time yeah. unless I'm outside. So for me, he'll probably give me like big Harry carry, you know, glasses yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, or he'll do, you know, he'll do something 
that makes it mm-hmm. seem like, oh my gosh, that's the thing that stands out about Matt. You know, I've got a scar mm-hmm. on my nose where I got bitten by a dog when I was younger and he'll probably make that like, you know, look like a really cool scar because right now it barely shows up and I want it to look cool. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, think about that. So your style and your personality, right? Your, yeah. your writing style, your speaking style, your physical appearance, your clothes, like what is it about you that's going to stand out in the marketplace, even so, if you disadvantage Michael, yeah. something maybe you slur, maybe you know you're. Uh, think about. Um, I always think about Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Right when I say Sylvester Stallone, Michael, what's the one quote that comes to mind? Oh gosh, but the whole aspect is the how his his words are slurred a bit. Yeah, but it's it's Yo yeah. Adrian, right? Yes. Who yeah, would yeah. ever remember Yo Adrian if it had been Yo Adrian? Uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. You know, you know where I'm going with that one, right? Yeah, the Terminator one. Yeah. 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 I'll be back. If he had been, if it had been Bruce Willis, I'll yeah. be back. <laughs> it been the most unmemorable line in the history of the movie. Nobody would have remembered it. And he yeah. even said, like, if I didn't have this crazy accent, I'd still be in the Alps yodeling. You know, <laughs> like, if we think about that, right? Yeah. You know, now I'm governor of California. And so he's like, well, he's not, but he was. You know, yeah. if you think about that, like, that's what allowed him to stand out. We, he came to the United States. As a crazy sounding Austrian dude, like this is a big disadvantage. Mm-hmm. But you're able mm-hmm. to even shift those disadvantages. So whatever it is, you're too tall, you're too short, you're old, you're young, you don't have this, you don't, you know, I don't know what it is. Like it stands out, like find that thing and lean into it that stands out. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by The Real Organic Project. Joining us is Lindley Dixon to share about their upcoming symposium. Lindley, what's going on? Thank you so much, Michael. I am so excited to invite you and our listeners to the day-long pre-conference at EcoFarm. This is going to be Tuesday, January 17th, and it's going to be an incredible gathering of so many of the pioneering farmers of the organic movement. They're going to give TED-style talks about their personal experiences within a broken food system and what the Farmer-Led Real Organic Project is doing to fix it. Mm. Who will be speaking? We got Paul Hawken to give the morning keynote, and we're going to end the day with Paul and my co-director Dave and me exploring the connections between his regeneration project and the Real Organic Project, so how we're working together to fix all these problems. We've got Alan Lewis of Natural Grocers explaining how difficult it is to get that shelf space that we all need for our veggies, and we've got probably the the chef that opened the first organic restaurant in the country. Her name is Jessie Cool. And so many of our farmers telling their personal stories of the real effects of USDA policies. So we've got Paul Muller, Emily Oakley, Jennifer Taylor, Javier Zamora, Drew Rivers, Hugh Kent, and Francis Takey, the dairy farmer up in Iowa that we all love so much. Mm, That's awesome. How do we join you for this amazing lineup? Well, we're going to be asking so many questions like, how do we outsmart the consolidation and lack of transparency that's so pervasive throughout the food system? How do we really foster that regional organic agriculture based on healthy soils and well-managed pasture and how you can be involved in this farmer-led movement? So to join us, visit realorganicsymposium.org forward slash ecofarm. And you can just go to our home site too. If you search Real Organic Project, you'll see a poster there. Awesome. That's great, Lindley. And if they want to learn about how to apply for the Real Organic Program. Great. Farmers can apply for our farmer-led organic label to distinguish organic products that are grown in healthy soils and raised on vibrant pastures. Just go to realorganicproject.org forward slash thriving farmer.
Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michael. One of my mentors, um, she wore the exact same shirt to the farmer's market every single time. And so basically you could pick, you know, you'd walk exactly. up first and it just felt, you know, that was that. And then, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she washed it between uses and all of that, but it was this, <laughs> it was this, she just had a bunch of the same ones, you know, she, she had, totally she's like Zuckerberg, yes. Steve Jobs. Yeah, she had a, it was, um, it was a denim shirt with flowers embroidered on the pockets and, you know, boom, I instantly memorized that. Yes. Yeah. So that's the, something that stands out to people. Um, but absolutely. Now, one of the things you talk about here is you talk about, I think one of the, the a lot of farmers do is they have the passion. Sometimes they don't have the profits. So mm -hmm. talk about that aspect of knowing your worth and owning that, because that's one of the things that I struggle to get through with farmers sometimes is to say, Hey, you are working harder than 90% of the people out there. And you are doing some of the most important work in the world, which is feeding our communities. So you need to yeah. be, you need to be, uh, to be owning that and being charging what you're worth. I mean, you said it, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a mindset thing. You know, it, it really is a mindset thing. And it, it some, goes back to what we're talking about. Like, sometimes it's like, well, I don't deserve to make $50 just to recommend a spoon. Yeah. I don't, I don't deserve, or, you know, it could be 10 bucks. Like, really? That's all I did. You have to detach yourself from the work you put in to the value to del deliver. Uh -huh. Work you put in to the value to deliver. For most people, there is a disconnect between those two. Most of us, like I grew up, I grew up with a single mom. My mom worked three jobs to keep us on the right side of the tracks, but I could see the tracks from my bedroom window, right? Uh -huh. uh, my mom never made more than $38,000 in a year. And that was her last year of work wow. uh, just a few years ago. I helped her do her taxes that year. It was the most she ever made. Wow. Uh, my mom, for, the, for her entire life, uh, she was on salary the last few years of her life, but even then it was basically salary tied to working 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, she worked hourly. She was paid hourly. You wow. showed up, you stayed there for eight hours and they paid you for eight hours. Yeah. There was a connection between time and worth. I want to make the connection between value and worth. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I tell people this all the time. When I coach and I, I do, I do a lot of coaching. This is the reason why I wrote the book was because not everybody can afford to pay me $2,500 for two hours mm -hmm. of coaching. Yeah. I, I do. A, when you sign up, we do a minimum of two months, two hours a month. It's $5,000. Most people can't pay $1,250 for an hour. Mm -hmm. And you go like, that was really hard for me because when I first started, I charged $150 an hour. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, Matt, you need to charge $500 an hour. And I was like, got it. $500 an hour. That's what I'm charging. Hey, yeah. Matt, I'd like to get coaching from you. What is it? $150 an hour? And I was like, oh, I was so nervous. And they said, okay. Yeah. So, well, sign me up for 10 hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm going, it's an hour of my time. Yeah. So people look at that and they go, well, Michael Jordan, he only plays 40 minutes a game, makes half a million yeah. dollars. Those 40 minutes were well, yeah. uh, all the training that he did. And think about how many years he worked for free when he was in college. And in mm -hmm. high school and in middle school, okay, that's a different point, but you disconnect value from worth. So for me, that hour, here's what you get. And this is not me selling my coaching stuff. I'm just, cause it's not relevant for most people, but when I coach you for an hour, here's what I've done. I've given you 50 hours of experience, mm -hmm. maybe more, maybe a hundred. I've saved you three months of going down the wrong path. The path that I went down, because I'd been there, did that back in 2007 uh -huh. or 2011 or whenever. So I saved you three months of the wrong path and I gave you 
three things that you need to do in the next two weeks that could potentially make you $10,000 or more and avoid one thing that will help, it will cost you $5,000 or more. Okay, so just that, just do that math real quick. 10,000, 5,000, I made you 15,000, you paid 1250. Is that a fair transaction? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. but it was only one hour of my time. Uh-huh. So do you think about like, okay, what is it worth to provide, uh, you know, the freshest vegetables and the most amazing, like, you know, things that like people eat. I mean, there are restaurants I go to that I know they get their, I know where they get their stuff from because I know the farmers, Yeah, you know? And I mean, golly, there's this one place I'm thinking of. They have this salad. Uh, I mean, this salad, first of all, the, the, the chickens come from this Amish farm. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. I live in Amish country. The chickens yeah. come from this Amish family uh, that have the, I mean, you can tell there is just a difference like this chicken. I'm not a big chicken person. And this chicken is just amazing. And the beef is just, Oh my gosh, I'd kill my mom. You know, it's so good. And so like you have, you have after you like, helped her do her taxes. <laughs> yeah. You do like taco night at the McWilliams house is so different than taco night at people who buy the meat from Meyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gets, it's just different. So anyway, so you get this chicken in this salad, but then here's the thing about th- this particular salad. The thing that I just the, the dressing is great, but the thing that I love about it, the greens and the little cherry tomatoes are grown like a mile from this restaurant. And I'm going to tell you right now, you've never had a cherry tomato that has the perfect juiciness on the inside, but not that like you, know, you get a cherry tomato and it's a little squishy on the outside. It's just gross. Yeah. You bite into it. It's like biting into a piece of candy. It's like the perfect texture. Again, when I'm describing this right now, it's like nothing short of a sensual experience. Right. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. so I bite it. What is that worth to me? That salads, you know, it's like 1695 or whatever. I don't really know. It's somewhere in the 15 to $20 range. Yeah. So we'll just call it 17 bucks. It's $17 salad. What is that worth if they don't have those perfect cherry tomatoes and those greens that are literally perfect every time? I mean, per, like there's no any imperfections in these greens. What is that worth to that restaurant? You know, uh-huh. and so if you start thinking about that, well, you know, that took me 30 seconds to well, no, like what's the value in that? So you have to start disconnecting and that the mindset side, disconnect value from time spent, disconnect value from worth, disconnect value from, you know, even whether you're not, you feel worthy or, or whatever your, your own personal, like, you know, an hour equals $25 or an hour equals $17 or an hour equals whatever an hour mm-hmm. equals whatever yeah. value it gives. So, you know, that's a great example you use there, Matt. And I actually, a couple of years ago, when we were starting to do more consulting, and um, again, my price was starting to jump at that point because I only had so many hours. And I found out some guy on, on online was charging $15 an hour for his consulting for vegetable production. Mm. This guy had the worst attitude about growing food. Um, you know, he loved to do it but he thought no one could ever make money. You always had to keep your day job. And it was literally, you were losing money on it all the time. And that's, so that's what his value was. And so that's Mm -hmm. why, how he valued his time in relationship to that Um, compared to, you know, you know, our, our company now we charge (laughs) many multiples of that because as you said, we've been had 17 years of making the mistakes. So you don't have to. 
Um, and you know, one of the favorite type of consulting I tend to, I love to do is farmland consulting. So when people are interested in finding their farm, because they're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars typically on a piece of land. And if they buy the wrong farm, they can literally, it can be the difference between them going out of business and thriving. And so I love being able to help somebody and say, Hey, this is what you're looking for. This is the type of thing. And then say, Nope, oh, you can't do that one. That doesn't have the right type of water or something like that. But you're right. It's the value. And the fact that they're paying you the amount of money they are for your consulting yes. allows you to now go and spend the time that you're not doing that to do get, get more um, training yourself. So you're better at the next session to show up with them at. So Yeah. And there's nothing, I mean, I love the, the title of your podcast, The Thriving Farmer, right? There's nothing that says that you have to fit in. It's like artist, starving mm -hmm. artist. Yeah. Why do artists have to starve? Yes. You know, like, oh, the, you know, the... The, the musician, right? You know, he's just, you know, why, why does a musician have to wait tables? Why can't mm. a musician just be a musician? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's a, a whole different thing. Like the, the economy of today, like it used to be that, you know, you either were a famous musician or you literally did have to wait tables. And now, you know, you can have a thousand fans paying, you know, five bucks a month to do mm -hmm. something. And you can, you know, you may not be like a millionaire, but you yeah. can make a full-time average American's income from mm -hmm. a thousand fans paying five dollars a month like it's pretty cool what we can do today and different things why can't farmers do the same thing mm -hmm. you know why 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 do we have to why do we have struggling farmers what what that's a mindset thing you know mm -hmm. in my opinion it really is if you think about those other ways if you think about like i'll tell you right now there maybe is one they just suck at marketing because i haven't seen it and we go to the farmer's market you know 14 weeks a year it's a pretty short season here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But we go 14, 15 weeks a year. We go to other stuff. We shop at all the stores where, you know, they have locally grown produce. You would think at some point, and maybe I've just missed it, but you would think at some point there would be an offer somewhere that I would see they would offer a class or would offer something where I could get involved with one of those local farmers. And I could go, I don't know, learn to do a few things. And I could Oh, I don't even, you could even be a cooking class. Well, I'm a mm -hmm. farmer. I don't know. Really? You probably cook better than 99% of the population yeah. is yeah, my yeah. guess. You know? So yeah, we're about to release. Things. Yeah. We're about to release a sourdough class. Oh dude. So, okay. Sign me up. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, yes. like, I'm in, it's, that's what I'm it's, saying. It's seriously the bet. My wife has now spent multiple years perfecting sourdough and she's oh, got cool. the loaf. She, oh, anyway. So yeah, these that's are the things that you're about. saying is they can like, stack their income. And it's the things where, again, where by default, the value is greater than the perceived worth uh -huh. or the great, the value is greater than your time because you go teach a one, she's already spent the time perfecting it. Like that's a sunk cost at this point, yeah. you know, in economic terms, that is a sunk cost. She's already in, invested it. She did it maybe for her own knowledge and that's great. So now to teach a one hour class and charge so my value to learn how to do this is, is, is worth $25 because mm -hmm. what am I getting? Well, well, I spent $25 on that. Well, yeah, but now I know how to make sourdough for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. How's that mm -hmm. now worth $25? And you have eight people come in. That's 200 bucks. She spent an hour and she made mm -hmm. $200. I, I don't think you're making $200 an hour in your farm. Probably not. So if you can find those things that where there's a disconnect and you're mm -hmm. making infinitely more and you go, well, then why, why don't I just do that? Here's the thing. The fact that you're a farmer is what gives you the credibility mm -hmm. to be able to do the thing. And that's where, and now you can now 
hire other people to run the farm and all those things, it opens up doors. But the farmer, the fact that you are the expert at the, the, the farm that grows the tomatoes, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, if they would have me in a class that would teach me how, like how to use tomatoes, I'm not joking. These tomatoes are so good. I want them on everything. I want to learn how to make tomato jam. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make tomato jam. Eh, I can go to Google. But like you, you're the tomato expert, dude. Teach me how to do something like that. The 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 one company here that uh, does the locally produced honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about them. So that that right there. Okay, what are some of? I, yeah, I can Google uses for honey, but I want to know like when do I use this type of honey and this type of honey and that. Like if you'll just bring me to your place for an hour and teach me a little bit about it, and maybe I don't know. Let me go play with the bee bee equipment for five minutes too. Yeah. Yeah, I'd pay we, 40 bucks for that experience. And you have six other people, 240. Yeah, you need a few extra bee suits that I don't know how much those cost that you got to keep on hand. Like those mm-hmm. are the type of things you have to think about the ways where you can make money. But because you're the local bee expert and because I tried your honey and I liked it, you now I have passed on the authority to all things bees, all things honey, all things vegetables, all things tomato, whatever it is. I've passed that on to you. What's that next step for you? Mm-hmm. Let's shift a little bit and talk leadership, because I know that's something that you're pretty passionate about, and you have a little bit of a different view on leadership. And I think this ties right into that leadership, because part of being that expert is now claiming the leadership mm-hmm. aspect of that kind of niche. Yeah, uh, this is so hard for a lot of people, because there's so many misconceptions about leadership. Like, it's not easy. All right. Mm-hmm. Leadership is not easy. We ask our students, uh, you know, like, okay, what do you what do you think about being a leader? And they're like, it, I'm scary. You know, uh, it's overwhelming. I, I'm not, I am not qualified to be a leader. I have, I, I don't have the letters behind my name. I didn't go to Harvard. I I've only been in the industry for three years. I'm not a leader. And I'm like, okay, let me reframe that for you. All those, all those responses are perfectly understandable, right? They are normal. The problem is they're focused on you, mm-hmm. not your avatar, not your customer, not your potential customer, your followers. They are focused on you. You might feel inadequate. You might feel it's hard, Uh right? It's it's scary. It's overwhelming. You might feel overwhelmed. That describes any relationship, any important endeavor. But the thing about leadership, it's just like marriage. It's just like parenting. It requires a willful commitment, all right? It requires you to wake up each day and choose to be a leader. Leadership is a choice. Uh And so there's a story I tell in the book, the example I give, there's this, uh, I, I would say, imagine you're on a hike. And there's a particular hike I always envision. It's in East Tennessee. And it's a really dangerous hike because you go up, you don't go up two miles. That would be like 7,000 feet. It's only about 4,000 feet up. But you go up, for, you climb for two miles. Then you go about two miles along the edge. And then you climb back down and come back, back to the same spot. And it's really dangerous. Like there's multiple parts where if you take one wrong step, you literally will fall to your death. Like there's no way you're surviving it. You're going to fall over a thousand feet down rock. And so I'm picturing this hike when I tell this story. And I just say, imagine you're on a hike with a super fit friend, like the kind of friend who's been, you know, he's been fit for 30 years. He, you don't have to ask him if he does CrossFit because he's already told you six times today. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he always, he wears bike shorts, like to the most inappropriate places, like cookouts and stuff, <laughs> jogs in place at stoplights. You have that friend, right? Who jogs in place at stoplights, most annoying thing world, smells like suit mix all the time. And so this is your super fit friend and you're on this hike with him and he's two miles up ahead, of course, in a tank top and bike shorts, you know, yeah. and he's got his little backpack on and he's jogging in place two miles ahead going, Hey, Michael, hurry up and watch out for the Watch out for the what, dude? I can't hear you. You're two miles ahead of me. We think we have to be that guy that's two miles ahead. 
that we have to be the expert, the leading person, the best farmer on earth to be able to teach anything about anything or the best chef on earth. I guarantee you, your wife is not the world's leading expert on sourdough, but she's correct. One of the 10 best in Dayton, Ohio. You know, I would agree with that too. Yes. (laughs) You know, maybe, probably not, but we think we have to be up there, but really what we have to do is we have to be one step ahead because if we think about that same friend, same super fit friend, the mm. one who does CrossFit, wears biker shorts, smells like soup mix, jogs in place, right? And he reaches back one step ahead, grabs your hand, says, hey, watch out for this right here. If you slip right here, you're going to fall and die. Mm. That's leadership, one step ahead. So we're at step B. And then maybe that's where your wife is with sourdough. Maybe she's at step C, I don't know. But she's uh-huh. going to teach people how to go from A to B. While she's teaching them, she learns how to get to C. Then uh-huh. she learns how to get to D. And this, uh-huh. this is what you remember. Like, ultimately, this is the big thing. Like, right now, y- your followers need you to lead them, all right? Somebody out there right now needs you to be their leader. There are potentially thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, maybe for some of you who need you to be there waiting. They're waiting for you to guide them. They're waiting for you to reach out your hand, grab theirs and show them where to go. The only question is, are you going to step up and be the leader for That's all leadership is. Leadership is influence. That's the quote at the beginning of the chapter about leadership Uh from John Maxwell. Leadership is influence. We all have that ability. We all have the ability to be one step ahead in some area of life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that was great, Matt. The book is Passions into Profits, and you can actually find that at passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash TF. Um, it's passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash TF. But yeah. Matt, appreciate you coming on. I uh, wish you had more time. On Real quick, like guys, yeah. you can get the book anywhere. You can get it on Amazon, Target, Walmart. If they sell books, they sell my book. But if you go to that URL that Michael just mentioned, passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash TF. There's almost a thousand dollars in exclusive bonuses on there. Uh, especially I can think of like the one, uh, the one on email marketing <laughs> guys, yeah. you got to get on that. Cause I know if that's a struggle, you mentioned it earlier, if that's a struggle for you guys, we've got that in there for you. There's tons of extra bonuses that are going to walk you through some of the stuff you need to do to be able to turn, uh, ultimately to turn your passions into yeah. profits. Well, and just to hit the back to the email marketing, I think you're probably one of the best email marketers I know. And so I'm really looking forward to that book because um, I can't wait to get my Thank hands you, on it. So I can read all about that. Because Coming from um, you, that means a lot. Thank you. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I have my hits and misses, but yeah, I, it's, it's one of those things where you look at and like, oh yeah, that, that spoke to me. That really spoke to me. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to read the book. And, um, and, and one of those things is that a lot of farmers say, well, I just need to learn to grow better carrot. And it's not about that folks. It's not about that. It's learning how to sell your carrots for more money. Um, because you already know all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, but it's, it's, it's the same thing that folk, folks need to focus on. So, um, all right. Well, I appreciate you coming on today, Matt. It was Love great it, to bro. have you and, Thanks, uh, yeah, looking forward to next time. See you, buddy. So there you have it. Another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.